Hey there, before we get started, I always forget to say this. Would you please go and take a moment and rate and review the podcast, wherever you listen to the podcast. It's super helpful, it helps people find the show, and it also gives me good feedback on how I can be making the show better, or how I can continue to be awesome. That was uncomfortable for me to say. Okay, thanks for doing that. All right, now we'll get started. Here we go. Welcome to Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Koffeltz. We We hope hope you enjoy the show. (laughs) Thank you very much, Eve and Lucy, and thank you for being here today on this edition of Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Koffeltz. I'm Eddie. It is very nice to see you. It is very nice to meet you. Thank you for coming back. This is a show where, uh, really, I just share some of my writing every single week. That's where this show starts. It's actually a newsletter. If you haven't subscribed, go to eddiecoffolds.com. Links are in the show notes. It actually starts as a newsletter, a newsletter that I'm immensely proud of and would love for you to get. It's free. It comes on Thursdays. Uh, But it starts uh, with some of my writing, and I'm going to read that writing to you. And then uh, the second portion of the show is a free skate. Sometimes it is connected to the show. Sometimes that section is connected. Sometimes it is totally not. Today falls very much in the totally not connected, uh, which is fine. We haven't done that in a while. And I like just kind of having that time to explore or to just skip it all together. But either way, uh, that's the kind of the main idea of the show. It is worth noting real quick that this is a live show. So you may have already heard little things that you're like, huh, did he didn't edit that? He didn't? Nope. I sure don't. I don't edit it very much on purpose uh, because I want these thoughts that I'm about to share to be as transparent and in front of you as I can. In fact, I haven't told people this before. It's not like a big deal. But the moment I'm done writing, I hit record and start recording it. And so these are brand new and fresh. I just wrote the last line a few minutes ago. And then I just want to share it with you. I just want it to be as hot off the press as possible in this medium that is very much, uh, you know, edited. So, all right, enough of that. It's a live show. I hope you enjoy today's main thoughts. Issue 20. Demolition, deconstruction. Earlier this month, I started the process of remodeling a room in our home. The room is a big rectangle with a closet randomly in the middle of one of the long walls. It also features a bunch of lights on different switches that don't make a lick of sense. It's too big to be one bedroom, but sadly, it's much too small to be an indoor shuffleboard court. As our realtor said in code when selling us the house, quote, it's a space full of potential. One of the joys of owning an old house is trying to uncover what the original intention of the space was versus what it morphed into. In this room's case, it has become a bedroomish, denish, half underground, so always cold, wood paneled area in need of some love. My guess is that the original room was intended as a living room, but time got the better of those plans, and here we are. Brienne and I have decided, oh, Brienne is uh, my wife, to whom I am wed. Uh, Brienne and I have decided to make the single space into two normal sized bedrooms, each with insulation so it's not freezing year round, and of course, normal lights. It'll be a nice place for visitors, home offices, and resale. I am doing a down-to-the-studs renovation, which for me is a first. I'm pretty confident I'll be able to handle the electrical and framing, but I may need to call in some help with getting the drywall right and perfectly square. 
In any event, I've gotten started on the first step, demolition. Demolition is a funny thing. If you've watched any HGTV reality television, you know that the demolition segment is usually a montage with a white lady wielding a huge sledgehammer and busting through a wall. She's Yaya Sisterhood smiling, there's chippy music underneath, and her construction partner is usually on the other side of the wall laughing at the sight of the destruction. But here's the truth. Honestly, demolition is almost never that way. In fact, demolition is the most surgical and intense part of any home renovation. In our rectangular room, there is a drop ceiling, which, if you don't know what that is, is a section of ceiling that is lower than the rest of the ceiling and basically looks like a big box. Sometimes it's an aesthetic choice that was popular, and it was popular uh, in the 60s and 70s, and sometimes it's used to hide something like water pipes, gas lines, etc. So I was quite eager to get that drop ceiling demolished because it's both ugly and also possibly harboring some expensive construction secrets. Here's what I found. I found that there were some air conditioner vents, which I think I'll be able to reroute and hide. And I also found a steel I-beam. There it is. That's the secret. Our old house was built on two long steel I-beams. At the risk of doing more construction talk about these beams, note I don't really understand them, so I couldn't explain it even if I wanted to, I will say that they are not to be trifled with. Our entire home depends on the integrity of those beams to keep it from crashing into a pile of bricks, wood, and cat toys. Those beams are critical. Which is why the white lady on HGTV is selling us fiction. If I had been like that lady and swung my sledgehammer, Uh, at the ugly drop-down ceiling, by the way, while not sweating, laughing, and wearing a cute flannel that just has no paint on it, our house would have fallen down. That's not hyperbole. The house would have crashed, and I would have been standing outside having rescued Waffles, the cat, and hoping my family got out alive. Furthermore, and this actually happened, if I had made a cut one inch to the left of where I was demolishing the old ceiling frame, I would have compromised the integrity of the I-beam and our house it would have been catastrophic. That's why demolition is, for me, the hardest part of an entire remodel. Because while I want to get some sledgehammer therapy in, the truth is I have to be ultra informed and very careful lest I destroy our home and endanger the cat. Demolition, or deconstruction, is an artful, considered process. It's fun to think I could just go nuts in a room, but reality doesn't allow that. Reality says that if I'm not careful, I'll go too far, be too reckless, hurt too much, or destroy that which I love the most. I've deconstructed a lot of my life, and I'm probably in the middle of it right now. And, as you may have guessed, this is where our metaphor begins. Over the last decade, I've deconstructed my relationship with the church. I've had to take that down to the studs, see what's left, and start to rebuild. Less metaphorically, I've had to question why the institution exists, reconcile the pain it causes, and try to live inside of its flawed but worthy existence. I've deconstructed my relationship with my extended family, needing to look at what was being hidden by the drop ceiling of dysfunction, what was left to rebuild, and what should just be thrown out for good. I've deconstructed my relationship with podcasting and writing, carefully considering the positive and negative feedback, excuse me, carefully considering what the negative and positive feedback does to my ego, and what damage could be caused if I don't keep that in right proportion. There are so many demolition projects, all of which I've handled with varying degrees of sensitivity, wisdom, failure, and collapse. I've taken an HGTV-style sledge to a lot of them and have had to apologize later. 
Conversely, I've been too ginger and made the process painfully long. It's fun to say F it and just start ripping it all apart. But time and the wisdom of others has reminded me that even the process of tediously taking down 100 ceiling tiles is meaningful to the work. I have to be slow and measured if I'm going to reconstruct with as little extra work as possible. I have to know where the I-beams are and what they're resting on. Well, that was the main idea for today. Uh, doing a hard transition here. There is no, <laughs> there is no real transition. Sometimes the free skate connects. Uh, today we are going to have a free skate that totally does not connect because we are launching over on the newsletter a new. We say we. It's me. I'm launching over on the newsletter a uh, a new section called "You Do You," and it was really inspired by the fact that. Uh, I get to write this newsletter and I get to have any semblance of an audience because of the fact that other people have said, hey, why don't you come on and like go ahead and talk or write for us or something like that. So folks like Relevant uh, and then most prominently Annie F. Downs, who I'm sure that 100% of you <laughs> were there at some point. And so I thought, you know what? I don't have a big platform here, but uh, maybe we can maybe we can share each other's work a little bit. To that end, a couple weeks ago, asked folks to submit um, on a you know, continual basis, things that they're working on. And some of it got featured on the newsletter. It wasn't like a contest or anything. It was basically just the order in which folks came in. But uh, one of the people that sent me uh, an email was Katie Kolkmeyer. Katie is here. Hello, Katie. Hello. I, um, I, this is awkward, Katie, because you've been hearing this whole thing and you just stay quiet. And you're <laughs> like, is this, is this the time I talk? Do I talk now? But... <laughs> So <laughs> Katie is here uh, and has been listening to me fumble through that entire introduction. But Katie uh, was kind enough to email me and she emailed me uh, and she said uh, that she started a podcast called As For The Rest Of Us that she would love to share with others. Katie, first of all, welcome to doing the best we can. Thanks, Eddie. It is truly a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I set you up to say that. And so you're welcome. Um, okay, tell us about your podcast as for the rest of us. Yes. So I am an avid podcast listener. In fact, that is how I came to know you, Eddie, is through the year interviews with Annie. And then, of course, Annie and Eddie keep talking. And I just have, you know, in the past two years been on this great therapy journey of really coming to this place of owning my own voice and learning that, you know, I have things to share and I have valid thoughts that I, you know, that are worth being shared with other people. And so as I was going through that journey, I also started to realize that, you know, the impact that we make in life doesn't have to be what society sells us that impact looks like. So I don't have to be a CEO of a company. I don't have to have, you know, a million followers on Instagram. Impact in the world can look a million different ways. And so as I learned that for myself, I then thought, well, other people should feel that way too. And that's really where, as for the rest of us came from, is that, you know, I listen to podcast after podcast and I feel like there's just this giant rotation of guests that they all interview time and time again. And I just wanted to create a space for the rest of us who have just as important of a story to share and are making just as much of an impact in the world. But most people would never know about it because we're not quote unquote famous. 
Okay, so then does it fly? fly? I love that, uh, the concept. Does it fly in the face of the thesis of your show that I've asked you to come on here to try to get people to listen to your show? Or is it okay? Have I messed it's something so up? <laughs> no, you have not. Because what I actually love about it is that it's extending the reach to which these otherwise untold stories are actually being heard. So I actually love that you are creating this space for me to share about it because those that I have featured on the podcast thus far, now more yeah. people are going to hear their stories. Okay. So as you have been in this discovery mode, like how do you find the guests? Because part of it is like, I have been on a few shows, uh, you know, especially the new activist, which was the IJM mm -hmm. show that I did for years where like the, the quest for guests is really brutal like it's very mm -hmm. hard and the reason why you end up hearing a lot of people over and over again in different podcasts is because they're they're available like i would love to interview you know whoever michelle obama i don't know how to get <laughs> yes. to that person but i know how to get to these 20 people and so mm -hmm. i get to talk to them how do you find your folks if these are the untold stories how you're not getting their press release you're not getting their latest book how are you finding these people so I've started just with the people that I know and that I love mm. and that I interact with, whether they're have been my friend for 20 years, they've been my colleague for six months, I've known them since childhood, just the people in my own life who stand out to me for various reasons. You know, I had a friend on from work who suffers from a chronic illness and just to me is the most resilient person that I know. And I wanted her to share her story or a friend of mine who's a lawyer who actually is general counsel for a school district and very passionate about public education. So I've started just with these people in my own circle who I think are making a huge impact in their corner of the world or in their community that I wanted other people to hear about, to create a platform for these people. And then what I'm starting to do is, is then ask those people, who do you know in your circle that you think their story should be shared, which is how I'm kind of finding, if you will, the next layer or the next round of guests to have on the show. First of all, you're a very good podcast host. That was like a very good, concise <laughs> answer. That was like tidy. You really are doing it. It's so good. I I'm also trying. Feel, I'm trying. I, I also feel a little flop sweaty right now. Having had you heard the introduction to this whole thing, I'm like, I wish you would have just done the introduction. <laughs> you could have bridged into the free skate no. section better. No, yes, no. It's not. This is a not unspoken competition. This is real. You are doing a very good job. Um, so you, you, um, you have talked about some of the folks that like like that have moved you like as you mm -hmm. think through those stories do you have one that um that, that particularly like surprised you because I, I assume mm -hmm. you know going in there's some measure of like okay I'm kind of mining for this gold but is there something that you have been particularly surprised by Yes. You know, I, so I am an Enneagram type one, which is to say I'm always prepared and in fact, over-prepared. <laughs> and so I often, or not often, but I will send those that I've asked to come on sort of a list of questions for them to ponder and tell them if that is overwhelming to you, throw it to the side, scrap it and never look at it again. But oh. if this is helpful, go ahead and review it and start to gather your thoughts. And what has surprised me is that we typically get one or two questions in to that document. And then it really just becomes a conversation. It mm. And when we finish, they say, that was so easy. I was so nervous about that. And I think that's really what I want the space to be, is just two people sitting down, sharing their stories with one another. And then other people get the pleasure of listening to this conversation and gathering 
the nuggets from them as they come. And one in particular that stands out to me is the friend that I mentioned that is a general counsel for a school district here in Texas. Mm. And her mother um, took her own life by suicide when my friend was in college. And as a result of that, suicide prevention has become something she is a very strong advocate for. And we got into the conversation about, you know, what that looks like for her and, you know, how she keeps her own mental health in check, knowing that that runs in her family. And she talked about how, you know, really for her, what drives her is that suicide prevention doesn't mean there can't be joy, right? So her mm. real motive is to bring joy into the work of suicide prevention because when we talk about it clinically, people don't listen. I think that's an exact line she said in the podcast. And it really just surprised me because the way that she infused joy and humor into such a serious topic just stood out to me and is not something going into it that I predicted would happen, but just sort of naturally emerged again as these two friends were just sitting down to have a conversation. Mm. Well, let's actually, uh, because you bring it up, let's play a quick clip from that. Is that, is that, is that okay with you? Can we play Yeah, a clip? absolutely. Okay, play a quick clip. You know, there's so much about your story that I'm just drawn to and that I admire about your fierce advocacy in both areas, both in public mm -hmm. education as well as in suicide prevention and mental health awareness. You know, in the beginning, you talked about sometimes in your four quadrants, you find yourself in a place of discomfort, out of your comfort zone, doing things, you know, being vulnerable. And so I'm just wondering, is taking on that voice of advocacy, is that something that comes to you naturally or is that something you've had to step into? I have never had a problem with talking. I'm 99% extrovert. I... I, I'm not one of those people that gets nervous in front of, I mean, I get a little like natural nervous, but I'm not terrified of talking in front of large groups of people. It just doesn't bother me. I will say because of the way I became entrenched in the suicide prevention cause, the shame creeps in if you're not real careful. So I, there's always just a glimmer of like, are people going to think I'm broken? And I went through years of going, am I broken? You know, sometimes people look like or act like or take after one parent or the other. I am, I'm a carbon copy of my mother. Like I look like her, our temperaments are very similar. We have the same laugh. Like I am, people see me and are like, whoa, you are so much your mom. And I love that. It is a blessing to me. Truly, I find peace in that. But there, there were definite moments in my life that I was like, hold on, I can't be an exact copy because that didn't end well. Mm -hmm. So there's been some therapy about, hey, I need to make sure I'm aware of what's going on inside me enough that if I start feeling the same feelings that took her, that I'm aware and know what to do. Yeah, so... There you go. That's what you're doing. You're mining these conversations. Um, and it's super powerful. And it's also kind of like funny because it's like you it bounce around because some of it's light, some of it's funny, some of it's super deep, some of it's surprising. Mm -hmm. Some you know, like it's just you you really have an interesting because you are not mining people that are doing a ton of interviews in their life that are super used to it. You have an interesting job as a host uh, to to like to walk with people that mm -hmm. maybe this is their first interview in their whole life. Um, I, I am curious about, uh, <laughs> I wrestle 
deeply and usually publicly with the idea of exactly what your podcast pushes against, right? In a world mm. full of influencers and celebrities, a culture of hustling and achieving, achieving and an unspoken competition for followers and the likes. This is a space for the rest of us. I dislike that competition highly. I don't mm -hmm. I don't like it. I don't but at the same time, it's a game that I have to play because mm -hmm. if I want people to read this, if I want people to go to the newsletter, if I want to uh you know, if I ever want to be able to make this more than a side hustle, like if I ever want mm -hmm. you know, all of these things, there is the game to play, the marketing game to play. How do you how do you balance like <sighs> How do you balance that? I don't even actually know what I'm asking, but I know that like, I'm like, I like your, your podcast, but I wish I could monetize it. <laughs> right? Yes, like, how exactly. Do I do this? Exactly. So how, how have you, cause you've obviously thought about this a great deal. So how, how do you, how do you sit in that balance? Also, I'm going to stop and, talking because the question is just trailing out. So <laughs> done now. <laughs> okay. I, um, I do have to say that is something that I wrestle with, even as mm. I created an Instagram account or I post about episodes for my own personal Facebook page, I feel this wrestle inside of myself of, am I falling into this trap yeah. of trying to get likes about a podcast episode that I've recorded? So I very much so understand what you're asking. And I think for me, you know, I had a friend reach out somewhat recently to say, do you want me to do your show notes for you? And I thought to myself, no, because I actually think while you could probably do a better job than I am and it might help me grow the show, part of what I actually am thoroughly enjoying about it as well as what's making it meaningful is that I'm not trying to create a job out of it and I'm not trying to monetize it. I purely just want it to be a space to highlight the stories of other people. And to me, the moment that it becomes about chasing likes or it becomes about what ads can I get for the show is the moment I should actually stop doing it because then I've fallen into the exact trap that I'm saying that I don't want to fall into. And is that to say like the show may never really take off? A hundred percent. That may be what happens, but I will know that I used a microphone to help people who are making an impact in their small portion of the world given them space to share who they are and why they think the life they're living matters. Thank goodness for you, Katie Kolkmeyer. That is passion. I love it. That was a great answer. Thank um, you. Last thing. The the nature of this is trying to, the, not the nature of your podcast, but the mm -hmm. nature of this segment. That's going to be something that we do consistently or that like the idea of sharing each other's work, trying to curate a creative community here and trying to get ultimately some eyes and ears on stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I know how hard it was to start this podcast, um, and to start this newsletter. Like it was just, I probably sat on it for years and mm -hmm. to actually type the first words were brutally hard mm -hmm. for reasons that I've explained. Um, <laughs> tell me for you, like, I just want to know about your sort of like sparky moment where mm -hmm. there was before <laughs> the rest of yes. us and then you started it. Can you tell us about the sparky moment and as a means by which to hopefully encourage folks that are sitting there like waiting to start the thing that they've been sitting on. Of course. Yeah, I I have always, as long as I can remember, loved storytelling, whether it was amateur version of scrapbooks I used to make for my basketball coaches in middle school to sort of, <laughs> you know, reflect on the year that had just happened. Or when I worked for a nonprofit for a couple of years, I helped write curriculum for the nonprofit. I just always have loved 
storytelling. And so now that I'm working in corporate America, aka people would say I sold my soul to the devil, um, I just was, I was eager for a space to flex that storytelling skill in a way that I don't now get to do on a regular basis. I just have always felt, I didn't know whether it was a book, podcast, what it was going to be, but that I wanted and needed to use that storytelling voice and that storytelling skill in some way. And so I actually was sitting at a coffee shop here in Dallas one Saturday afternoon and thinking about a question that a friend of mine often asks me, which is, what are you dreaming about? And I thought to myself, I'm dreaming about finding some way to use my storytelling skills and happened to be sort of listening to a podcast in the background. And it really just was kind of a light bulb moment of, Mm. well, I mean, you sort of know how to start a podcast because you helped the nonprofit you worked at before start one. So you know how to do it. And you would get to talk to friends because certainly by no means do I just want to be out there talking about myself all the time. So you would get to be talking to uh, uh, people that you care about. And so then it was just a matter of, okay, what do I need to do to make that happen? And one slow step at a time, sort of, you know, getting one friend to create cover art for me, getting friends to vote on different name ideas for the podcast and then going with my crowdsourced vote on what the title should be uh, and just really tapping into my community to help build the show to begin with. And then just asking some friends to get on a microphone and start. So there wasn't necessarily a big flashbang moment. Uh, It was more of a small crawl, which I actually think maybe makes it feel more realistic. It doesn't have to be any single big moment that happens. It can be a culmination of things that get you to actually start that thing. Katie Goldmeyer, thank you for that. <laughs> and thank you on behalf of everybody that's listening and nodding their head, uh, who is going to go and start a thing now and take that step. Um, I'm just super grateful for you. Um, is it okay if I close out the show with you here? Absolutely. Okay. Are you sure you shouldn't just close out the show? You're just so good. <laughs> I I'll got close this. It out. Yeah, if, you have, if you have any notes, let me know. <laughs> yeah. um, well, my deepest thanks, of course, to Katie Coldmeyer more than anything today. Make sure that you go and subscribe and pay attention to as for the rest of us. The link is in the show notes, show notes that I have to do myself that I really am bad at, but I'm not going to accept help on. Um, that was Katie's good advice. Show notes are my own. Her Instagram uh, also for the podcast is there. Rest of us pod. The link is there as well. As always, thank you to Uncle Jimmy for editing the newsletter. If you would like Uncle Jimmy to edit anything for you, he's there. He would love to talk to you. Link is in the show notes as well. I can stop saying that. And if you did not know this, doing the best we can actually starts out as a newsletter. So if you are not, make sure you're over there. Subscribe to reading it and reading all of the great projects this week on the You Do You section. That is it for this week. I am already hard at work on next week's. I have a great, I recorded an interview that I can't wait for you to hear next week. It is really, really exciting. So I will see you next week on Doing the Best We Can. 